President Jacob Zuma yesterday announcing a cabinet reshuffle, but uh, this time uh, there was no change to the finance ministry. How did the market <laughs> react to this latest move? Yeah, so I think mostly because of that, the market, uh, the, the market reaction was a lot more muted than what we saw back in, in March. This is uh, President Zuma's 12th cabinet reshuffle in eight years. So, um, you know, second one this year already. So certainly lots of movement there. And I guess one of the big concerns is that these reshuffles are certainly not seen as measures to improve service delivery from government, but rather political reasons. And, and, and that certainly can't be good for us. Um, I think that two moves that I think are the ones that, that as far as I'm concerned, are the most concerning or the most uh, potential impact to the market. The first one being uh, the removal of, of Bladen Zimande. Um, one can certainly argue that there was good reason to remove him as the Minister of Higher Education, but I think the, the concern around this one is that this is certainly playing into the hands of weakening the tripartite alliance and I think um, leading up to election times, this really puts to the forefront the strength of the ANC um, on the back of an alliance which is now significantly weakened. And of course the other one would then be the appointment of David Mthobo to the, the Ministry of Energy um, and certainly increasing the probability that uh, that nuclear deal which we certainly cannot afford and, and most likely do not need will actually be pushed through and, and of course that then also increases the chances of a downgrade. So those for me are really the two appointments or so the one dismissal and the one appointment that I'm most concerned about and although the market reaction in the short term was relatively muted, I do think it increases our risks between now and the end of this year. And then uh, it seems like you jinxed the market yesterday, Narina. You were talking about <laughs> all the record closes. And although the market declined yesterday, global growth picture still remains positive. What's the latest outlook from the IMF? Indeed. So we did see last week that uh, the IMF increased the growth forecast for, for many parts of the world, and indeed with that also the global growth forecast, um, pushing it up to an expectation of 3.6% growth for this year. And I think from the developed market economies, the most notable one is the increase in the expectation for Europe. So we know that both the US and China certainly um, would be recording um, reasonably good growth. But Europe coming back to the party is quite important because this sort of gives the, the world growth train a third locomotive, which uh, certainly will be will be good. From an emerging market perspective, also in addition to China still continuing to deliver very, very good growth, we also see Russia and Brazil coming out of recession. So from an emerging market perspective, this is also good news. Um, I think at the end of the day, for me, it's not so much about the levels or the <clears throat> sorry, the absolute forecast for growth that the IMF puts out there, but rather the the direction of the move. Because from 2012 to 2016, every time the IMF changed their forecast, they lowered them. So certainly the trend was for for poorer growth, weaker growth. And and what we've seen in recent times is that there's been a change in this trend, in this direction, and that we now have the expectation of improving and strengthening growth. And I think that's really what underpins these record highs that we see on equity markets, because when you have better growth, um, you certainly get better company earnings, and better company earnings support better equity markets as well. So at least there's some substance to the reason why we've been seeing these all-time highs on markets. And just a final one, Narina. Uh, we don't often talk about company-specific news, but when it comes to a household name like Pick and Pay, and the news includes the impact of cutting jobs, it obviously is worth commenting on. So what's happening to its profitability? 
Yeah, so, so they certainly reported a drop in their half-year earnings yesterday, and one of the major contributing factors was that um, that job-cutting exercise um, that they did earlier this year, taking about 200 million rand off the bottom line. This, of course, is now all in the past. They've done it. This is reporting on on what happened in the in the in the previous half-year. But I think what it also does speak to is this: um, both the consumer remaining under pressure, but also this intensifying battle in the in the retail market in South Africa. Um, certainly both ShopRite and Woolworths, some of its most significant rivals, um, have performed much better under pressure. But I do think that Pick and Pay um, have, have done a lot of the, the painful stuff that they needed to do, and it certainly puts them in a, in a stronger position to grow from, from here on out. Um, I, I certainly think that for the consumer, what they would mostly be interested in is, is to see lower prices at the tool, especially when uh, when it comes from from places like your agricultural products that we know came of very, very high levels in terms of that pricing. So um, for the consumer, it's all about the prices at the tool. For the investor, it's all about the profitability of pick and pay. And I think in both cases, we could possibly expect that things will look a little bit better in the future than they did in this past period under review.